What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Lita Johnson, on Follow Leader Sports Podcast. I told y'all I'll be bringing y'all some Penn State work, too. So we'll do two segments, basketball and football. So much to get into. Losing Ohio State is not really a, um, it's not really a loss. Well, a loss is a loss, but, you know, Ohio State's a better team right now. I mean, Villanova, UNC, they taking out teams. It's nice, man. They taking out good teams. They got a mixture, a mixture of upperclassmen and a good uh, freshman and sophomore class. And so, DJ Liddell, DJ Carden, Luther Muhammad, uh, Dwayne Watson Jr., all these guys is, is producing. So, it's, it's, it's a good team. The Western boys, it's a good team. I think they're better than, you know, I, I even thought, you know. Talented was one thing, and, and I always said that the last couple of classes have been real good for Ohio State. But it's really turned out to be even better than that. Dwayne Watson Jr. is Derek Fisher's nephew. He, man, is he not even better than any of the other guys? I mean, you see Cardin's talent, you see Muhammad, but Watson Jr., man, he get down. But in the Penn State bracket, um, we talking about basketball. This team's good. There's no way this team even looks like the last team that started out good. You know, then they get bad. You know, last couple of years, just people, you know, trying to mold a team in. And you lose Carr after getting the NIT. And it kind of breaks the chemistry. Then Bostic leaves. You know, yeah, that's big and important. Because Bostic was part of that class that had Stevens. And Joe Hampton, who didn't end up coming. I mean, it was a good class. Started a lot. So, the only guy left was Stevens. You got to have guys built around there. Watkins took a year off mentally. Now he's back. But as you can see, I mean, it's a lot of young, like Brockington just coming in. Uh, Lundy's a key part. Uh, you know, Bolton left. That, that That's something. That was big. I mean, he was looked at to be a future piece. And now it's Wheeler. And they have to get that other guard to, you know, contribute. And Curtis Jones Jr. is a good productive guard. I think that bench is better than people think. Curtis Jones Jr., but it's his first year. He finally got, he's eligible. Um, he got the clear eligible. Then you got uh, Brockington. Then you got Seth Lundy. They all come off the bench. So, and then you got uh, Harar, John Harar and, and Butry. Other guys come off the bench. You know, people forget about McGlosky. Like, these guys can play. I mean, they're, they're death pieces, you know. McGlosky got size to him, athletic. Um, Harar's a good defender, good inside post guy. Uh, Beatry can shoot from the outside, big guy, you know, can run the floor. This is depth. And then you look at the, the guys like Marion Jones and, and Stevens are those guys with Watkins. That's, they got a big three. It's no question. They just weren't better than, and more prepared than Ohio State. It's sharper. It's a better team. You can even look at it on paper and look at guys like Washington Jr. and Luther Muhammad who recruited higher than a lot of guys on there. You know, they got some transfers. Washington played there last year. Marion Jones, he played last year. He's coming up. He's getting, you know, doing this thing. Um, Dwayne Washington was a bigger recruit, you know, played with um, some some better players around there. Um, Luther Muhammad, I mean, goodness, played with Javon Quinterly, you know, um, DJ Carton comes in, EJ Liddell comes in. These are big-time recruits. If you look at it on paper, you know, guys that Penn State got was like later, like Brockington just coming, Curtis Jones Jr. just coming. There's some guys that just have to get, you know, more acquainted. But still, if you look at it on paper, Ohio State is just on paper a better team. But to see how 
Penn State was playing, they could have played them tougher. I'm not saying that they should have went down like this, but you see how more ready Ohio State is than Penn State. That's all it is. It's not saying, oh, the season's gone. I saw one follower on Twitter. He was like, oh, they play a good team and lose. That's not how it is. Wake Forest and Syracuse. Gee, Georgetown. Who are these teams? Nobody's Penn State wouldn't have beat them last year. Period. They had trouble and everything. They end up beating. Listen, Penn State been looking good all year. Just play the more elite team. This is number six in the country. They have beat. You're getting blown out by a team that blew out Villanova and beat UNC. So, that's big there for them. Next year, to talk about the basketball team next year, you know, you got Stevens and Watkins leaving. But everybody else is coming back. And then you got this good recruiting class, number 40th in the nation by 247. You get The big splash was getting two signing DJ Gordon and Valdir Emanuel. You get a hometown, two home, you get a hometown guy, you know, you get two of them. And then DJ Gordon, it was, a, was you know, it was a lot of people was at the DJ Gordon, including Pittsburgh, you know, and a lot more people was at the DJ Gordon. So you're not only beating out somebody in your state, you know, you're beating out a lot of other big programs. When Penn State really hit with Brassier Bolton leaving and then, you know, it was really then Michael Brown Jones decommitted from the 2020 class when he was like, he, he committed early and he just, so it's like, whoa, right? But no, good recovery. This class is good. Dalian Johnson, who can play uh, point guard, shooting guard. He's a shooting guard. Well, he can play point. He can back up at 6'2". Caleb Dorsey at 6'7", small forward. Friday Emanuel, 6'10". Uh, DJ Gordon, 6'5". So when people like Mal, Lamont, Lamont, when Lamont, excuse me, Lamar Stevens leaves, when he leaves, and when Mike Walkers leaves, that's two spots. They're not going to have a five. So Vardy Emanuel is going to get a big chance to play that center position and even start. I mean, this, he should feel good. John Raw is a solid player, but he's not no star guy. He, he, with a guy like Emanuel, who's the number one Juco player in PA, by 247. I mean, this man was an elite, like a top five player. So you're getting this talent that can come right in and start. The Lamar Stevens thing is a little like he's playing the four position more than anything. So who who goes there? Is it Seth with Trent? I think Trent Butrick gets to play that position and you got guys like Dorsey or uh, Seth Lundy that can come right off the bench and play that position. And the backup small forward, you know, because you know Miles Dredd and Marion Jones, them two guys are going to play the two and three. So you're looking at guys like Seth could get a, a chance at that. It's going to be rotation. But you, you're looking at guys like um, a DJ Gordon at 6'5 can play their three, the two to three position, you know. Because you still got Isaiah Brockington. So they're going to have a nice, deep, more talented. Next year could be the year. Next year, you know, could be. Next year is going to be the year where you have guys coming back and you got some talent. You really got some talent. Because on this team, you got guys like Miles Dredd is good. But see, Miles Dredd used to be in the Paul Pierce team. Like once, um, 
once Lamar Stevens leaves and they're going to need Miles Dredd next year, he's going to be a, a killer. Him and Marion Jones going to be just killers. And then you got Jamar Wheeler, and then you look at I think they need to see who they got at their five. If Manuel's the better player, which I, I this is my prediction, Manuel ends up becoming the center, and you can put Butrick at 6'9 in the power forward position. There's no reason to go small right now at that position. I just don't think you should just go small where they probably could. You could probably look at a situation where it should be a lineup. It shouldn't be the start lineup where it be Miles Dredd, Marion Jones, which is crazy. Three and four, Isaiah Brockington, all in the start. It's crazy. Just stay right there at that lineup with 6'9", Butrick. He's a vet. You need that with this lineup with Manuel and Dredd and Jones. I, this this is a good team next year. This is a good team next year. They're built for it cause just because the class saves them. This class totally saves them. So, DJ Gordon is going to make an impact next year. Dalian Johnson is going to have a chance to make an impact next year. Caleb Dorsey. Because they don't have a backup point guard. So, I see Dalian Johnson backing up Wheeler. Coming off, he's a good scorer. Caleb Dorsey, another guy with, with Seth Lundy. You know, you got Kyle McGlossy to come off the bench. These guys are going to – Caleb Dorsey and Seth Lundy, it's going to be a privilege to have guys like that off the bench. It's a real athletic team, real good. I mean, the Chambers shenanigans got to stop. It's crazy. There's nothing that happened to, to make people want to, you know, go a little crazy at them. So I feel, in my opinion, it's just a little crazy. That's all. I feel, in my opinion, that people go at – Chambers, and, and the next thing you know, something good happens. <laughs> you know, he's a hard-working guy. It's the reason why Penn State stands behind him, the whole program. So they're looking good right now. Uh, team, it looked like a tournament team. One thing that's big is the Watkins woke back up. That's why this team is so Watkins. He plays elite defense. He's a rim protector out of, I mean, he is one of the best rim protectors in the country, and he'll be in the draft. That's what will get him drafted, the fact that he can play inside. He has mid-range, you know, but he can block shots. We'll see what happens. I just think that that makes Penn State different with him in there. He, last year, you didn't see that. Now he's a big difference because he's a, he's the elite defender, you know, and he can score on you. He's going to get 20-20. He's a 20-20 threat, 20-25, 20-27 threat. He's got eight blocks this year before. Him changes the whole aspect of the team. And the fact that they got a bench and they got death, but he just changes everything. And I think they realized that, and that's why they went for Emmanuel and <laughs> got some big guys coming. Remember uh, T. Sambala's another guy that uh, you can think about. T. Sambala is another player. Like, we haven't even mentioned him. Because I'm trying to see what happens, you know, it's a situation and all. But when, if he steps down, that changes the whole aspect of the power forward position because now you have a four. He's 6'8", 220. He's, he's a power forward. Like, he plays center in college. But you, that gives you a six. That, that, that clears everything up. Like, the only reason I have not mentioned to you for the simple fact that we got he's supposed to be on the team this year, right now, like this team. So, you know, because Patrick Kelly was also on it. He's a 6'7 guy. 
that we don't talk about. You know, that's it's a crowded, good crowded situation. Now they got size everywhere because Patrick Kelly can shoot the rock. We don't talk. He played the IMG team, stuffed on the team, on the bench, just like Michael Brown Jones, both of them on the bench. That's how deep the IMG Academy team was, you know. He's a three-star. Kelly can hoop. So we don't forget about that situation. So we're talking about Seth Lundy. We're talking about Myron Jones. We're talking about Jamar Wheeler, Jamari Wheeler, and we're talking about Vadia Emanuel. And if T. Simbala comes back, and I'm not saying Butrick wouldn't be the, the, the four guy. I think he would start, and then you got T. Simbala. And now you're looking at Lundy backing up one position. And then it's Brockington. And then what do you do with DJ Gordon? Like, do you bring him? I mean, it's so much of a rotation. With Curtis Jones leaving, you got TJ Gordon coming off the bench. I mean, it's a good bench with DJ Gordon is a very explosive player to have off your bench. And you still got Isaiah Brockington and Seth Lundy. That is a killer bench. And you put Butrick with T. Sambala, possibly. I don't know if they're going to sit there and say, because Butrick got a, him and Harar are the, most, are the most talented that came out their recruiting class as far as the four and five. Because Butrick can shoot the three. He can do a lot more than Harar. But Harar is a good inside guy, defensive guy. But he's not going to be more talented than Manuel. I, I can just... If he could be more ready right now to the point where Emmanuel has to be on the bench, but as far as playing, we'll see what happens. Or maybe they just let Harar and Butrick start and just let Emmanuel and Tisambala. Either way, they got two, four pieces. They got two pieces right there, four and five, two pieces. Six, eight, six, ten. And then you got Miles Dredd. That'll be a, ooh, that's a different. If Tisambala is ready to bang, if he can off the bench, he, I just know he'll be an impact. Whether he's ready to start is different. It'll be, some guys are better off the bench. It's kind of the thing, you know, you're doing in Villanova with Justin Moore. Some guys are better off the bench right now. It's just how the rotation goes and what lineup. But Penn State looks like they're ready. They'll be ready for next year. All right, so listen, it's your boy, Lita Johnson. I just wanted to update. This is the basketball segment. Um... Looking at recruiting classes. Next time we talk, I'm going to have something on 2021 class. Because Penn State's going in. Rasul Diggins, Jordan Lagino, those are two guys out of Philadelphia. Uh, one out of Archbishop Wood, one out of Germantown Academy. One's a point guard, one's a shooting guard. Both elite type players that, that Penn State has offered offer for in 2021 basketball. So I'll be more to talk about that because 2021 class is kind of interesting. Real interesting. So. We'll be back next time on a basketball segment at Nova. Follow leader. What's going on, y'all? This is your boy, Leader Johnson. Back again. Penn State Radio. Let's get to it. Now, um, football. I just want to circulate on something right now. This season's not a disappointment. Um, that's the first thing. We lost two good teams. We had a very tough schedule. And to me... I saw this team being good this year, but I didn't see this. I didn't see this record. I didn't see them this tough. I saw them like uh, maybe nine games, eight games, eight games. Looking tough and talented, but eight games. I just didn't think right now they was ready. Clifford is going to be real good next year. And you still got Journey Brown. You still got... 
Ricky Slade coming back? Is he going to transfer? Is he coming back? Hopefully he stays because he's too talented. Something has to happen with that. So, something has to happen with that. Seriously, like, and now Kane, they've all displayed what they can do when Slade has his bad years and now he moves down the depth chart. So what happens in, in, in spring? What happened in the practices that is different in the season? I don't even get the confidence. They named him a captain, right? Like, it's just crazy how, that's why Shorter was like out of here. Like, hey, hold up. I was one of the top five. I ain't even getting treated like I'm a, you know, Hamler gets the ball thrown to him no matter what happens. If he drops or if he's, if it's in the wrong place, it can get intercepted. Clifford don't care. All He's throwing in all the marbles to Hamler. Do the same thing for Shorter. And Dotson, you got two elite receivers right there. You talking about people dropping stuff? You still got to get them the ball. Figure out ways to get them the ball. Offense, I don't get well, dropping. We'll figure out another way to throw it to them. Because you trying to tell me they're either not open or always dropping passes. It don't even make sense. A lot of the, a lot of that was in the Minnesota game, and then the Ohio State game. If more weapons was involved, all they got to know, if you stop the run and Hamlet don't catch the ball, they know, like, hey, we got to shut Pat Free down. It's over with. But all this recruiting done with these good receivers, these guys are good. I mean, you're not going to tell me that these guys all of a sudden stopped learning how to play because that was one of the strong points of Penn State, that the receiving room was always productive. I'm talking about all of whoever was next man up was productive. So now all of a sudden it ain't happening? Well, there has to be another finger pointed. Like, I'm not even going to go there. Put two and two together. Something is missing. Something's definitely missing. So, that has to, you had the top five talent in your receiving room. They have to be talking to Justin right now. I think everybody should be courting Justin right now. And what I'm hearing is, oh, well, nobody don't want to be a part of this team. Oh. Look, I ride with James, man. I'm glad he got the six-year extension. But you, come on. This is, what is that telling another guy at that at that rate, at that position that you go after? He ain't going to care because it is a certain treatment looked at. I mean, he obviously bought into what you said because he committed. He obviously bought into what you said because he committed. So what did you do wrong that he just totally disagreed? When a five star, they already have whatever you're saying in their head, you know. And I can go back to Javon Quinley with Villanova. Whatever is in their heads to commit because they already have a demand. They already have a set thought process, an ideal fit that they agree to when they agree to commit to you. So you did something wrong. They didn't do nothing. They didn't, what, you saying they agreed to something that you totally told them not to do? And if I'm looking at shorter, I'm looking at games that you just could have definitely kept on trying to get him the ball. Stop trying to throw it all the way downfield. Think of short routes. Think of, you know, where you get, you know, uh, screen passes, uh, um, RBOs, like, what are you doing? Figure out ways to at least get him the ball so he can touch it, you know, boom, boom, boom. Then you can, that's how you set other receivers up. But just don't, I mean, seriously, if it wasn't Hamlet, it was Pat Free. And then everybody else got one, two, uh, maybe three. Whoa, that was great. Three. I mean, come on. You have actual stars. Of, 
Jahan, listen, Jahan Dotson is a star receiver. There's no doubt about it. You got a guy that can catch for 100 yards right there in your face. Every game, if you get, you got to get, that's another guy. You don't get involved. We talking about shorter because he's at the high ranking, but it's another guy from PA. Get him involved. You've seen what he can do with the ball. He 44-yard touchdowns on you. You got another guy right here. And it obviously proves to you that you haven't been throwing people the ball because Dotson just been able to make the most out of, because he, he gets the ball more than shorter. So he really, he gets to make the, he's just the guy that has been able to make the most out of him catching passes than everybody else. So I'm I'm a little upside down on that. We're going to talk about these receivers and what they got. We're going to talk about these receivers. Well, if short is gone, which it looks like it's over with, that type of stuff, I just think that, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just think, Wow. I think Franklin called um, Wade, and they sat down and all that, and they sat in the football. I think Franklin maybe got tired of the transfer portal. People saying they want to leave. He's like, I don't know. Maybe he has some guys that he likes. John Dunmore is a guy on the squad that, you know, T.J. Jones. These are talented receivers. Let, let's, let's get off of them real quick, and let's go who already here. Who's already here? Mac Hippenham is not no nobody. Like this is a star, but this guy, can, track star, he can burn. He makes plays. He even could be a returner. This is a good receiver. Cameron Sullivan Brown, good receiver. We're talking about star receivers. That one class they got with all these receivers on it. So we look at Hippaham, we look at Sullivan Brown, we look at Jahan Dotson, Daniel George, Zach Kunz. These are all guys that can step up. So they just need these guys to step up. Somehow, some way, it's it's like the plays they make. He just be like Clifford, just throwing when he when he feel like. Hamler ain't open or Pat Free ain't open. It seemed like he just throws him the ball when one of them two ain't open. That's that's what it seemed like. Because when he throw him the ball, it seemed like a don't seem like a calculated throw, like a a throw that he's sure of when he throws it. It seemed like it's a throw like uh oh. You know, so I just feel like guys like Hippenhammer and Sullivan Brown and George, Zach Coons need to all get, be involved. John Dunmore. T.J. Jones, these are guys next year who are going to get this room. I think this woke them up. I don't think it'll be like this next year because now they know they're going to have to get in the depth chart and start getting people involved. And then you still got Jaden Dotton, Keandre Lambert. Parker Washington coming out this class. So there's weapons here. Get it together. Staff got to get together, get people the ball. No matter, stop thinking bomb or 20-yard play. Just think of five to 10-yard plays. It's a way for them to start, get a five-yard pass, whether it's, it ends up being a five-yard pass or it could turn from five to 10. Stop thinking 10 to 30. Like, you got to start getting these guys touches because when they're not touch, that's another thing that could be happening. The human, when you're not making no plays at those, your confidence is starting to, you know, go down. 
you're starting to get angry. You know, not like you don't, you you just know that the next play has to be a play. And you look, and then it, it turns out to be a big play. Like, you ain't even getting the ball in your hands, you know, because now you got three drops because the drops they threw was like 20 and 13 and certain cuts, like, you know. And it wasn't, uh, um, you're not used to getting the ball there. <laughs> it's just like, uh-oh, he's open because my other guy ain't open. And he throws it to you. Sometimes it be hard throws where you might be looking a little bit open, but you ain't all the way open, but that target ain't open, so he's going to try to throw it in there. So when these guys are not making these plays, I mean, they're like <laughs> making them mad because they don't know when they're going to get the ball because, you know, you got Hamlin and Pat free. So, I mean, Clifford would have had an unbelievable year. I think that's the thing he needs to work on is spreading the ball, getting uh, chemistry more with your receivers this year than you did the year before. And I think Penn State can be unstoppable. They have the – I'm going to look at – you look at this team, they were better than I thought they were going to be. And they can be even better. That's just what it is. This receiving core is nasty. Like, once he gets acquainted with all his receivers, this is going to be a nasty Penn State team. And Zach Kuntz ain't came out yet. You still got a five-star target. You still got a five. You have to listen. Bowers is gone. You got Brenton Strange coming up. That's three tight ends that is gonna be totally hell. All three of them can be hell. Catch hundred yards on it. So that's three guys, and you got Dotson and Hamler still back. And let's see who becomes another receiver. I think it's Daniel George. I just think that's what's going to happen. Daniel George's time is here. It's Daniel George's time. I think out of all of them, from Matt Hippenhammer to Cameron Sullivan Brown, who I think now steps up more and gets catches, Cameron Sullivan Brown and Hippenhammer, those are the guys that are going to get spread around and get the ball. But then again, like Noah Kane did coming in, just straight bossing to see what the other receivers do. Parker Washington looked real good. He's another explosive dude. Um, Keandre Lambert. John Dunmore. These guys ain't no slouches, man. Like, it's some good receivers. They just need to get it together. That coaching staff, there's no reason that it should be like that. No reason that, that the receivers look like a weak position. It just looked like a one-two-man show. So and it coming through with uh, um the the recruiting thing to really talk about it. The recruiting is big for um Penn State right now. A couple of guys, and um on twenty twenty one, which is the next segment, I'm gonna be more on twenty twenty one because I'm going deep in that class, and it's a talented class. I don't know what to tell you the ranks right now, um. But I think it could be better than this, you know, this 2020 class has a has a real, real, real big possibility of being better. What made this class so good, they got so many recruits, man. They got, I mean, for every, because it was guys like Chris Tyree and, Marsh, uh, you know, you got uh, Marshawn Lloyd. You got, um, it's a lot of guys they didn't get, Julian Fleming, a lot of them. So for that, they get a Keandre Lambert and Parker Washington. And they get a Tyler Warren, um, you know, because there was a lot of guys like Hudson Henry who they didn't get. And they go get Tyler Warren 
and you know they're going after Theo Johnson, who's I think that's a checkmate once they get they get him. They got they got Jimmy Chris, uh, who's a guy uh, offensive lineman. They got uh, they lost some guys who decommitted. They still got Nick Dawkins, still got Golden, at Chumba. They still got uh, plenty of guys on this team from Zaria Fisher to Parker Washington to um, Kaziah Holmes to Kevon Lee. I mean, they have a real stack. And it's guys you're gonna, you know, um, you're gonna see how good they get, like Brandon Taylor. Let's see how good these guys actually get. It's a lot of recruits, so it's it's more of a chance that more become good than none because there's so many guys who don't become good. Of course, you're not gonna see. It will be a real if everybody becomes an NFL player, but it's not gonna happen like that. But they can all be good college players. That's what can happen when they get their chance. Who's going to be able to step up? Enzo Jennings, Curtis Jacobs, the guys at the top, you know, Cole Brevard, guys at the top. Like, it's it's a good class. It's a good class, but the thing is, it's a lot of people in this class. So whoever doesn't do good, somebody's coming, you know. Micah Bowens is the, out of this whole class, Micah Bowens is that guy. Him and Dotton, if I'm looking at guys, like, but Bowens is just, I mean, Nobody's looking at how good Penn State's quarterback room has gotten. Michael Bowens um, is now involved in that quarterback room because they didn't have to. They got two guys, Daquan Robeson and Michael Johnson. Remember, they're in their quarterback room. And you still got Will Levis, who's a guy that I think he can do something. I mean, if you look at that game, all he has to do is get acquainted with the first team. I mean, he. One thing we see, he can run the ball. He can run the football. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus! Like they just the, the Clifford runs faster. They just really know how to develop people at Penn State. That is just Barkley got faster. Like guys turn different at Penn State. That should make you real happy about having so many recruits on this team because they're gonna get the best out of players even more. Who is going to be that guy this time? You look at guys like Lee and Holmes, because Zaya Holmes is another story at running back. Okay, Parker Washington and Lambert are real studs. Guys that are coming from last year, John Dunmore was one of my, him and Michael Johnson. Listen, when Michael Johnson gets a chance to battle out of, out of Sean Clifford, I think he's the next one. I just think you got Robeson, you got Levis, but I just think that Michael Johnson is the best quarterback. I think he is the best one. I think Levis won't start over Michael Johnson. That's just my prediction. I like Levis, he's a good, but Michael Johnson, looking at what Levis does, did in that game, running the football, Michael Johnson's a better runner. He can throw their football. He's a more dynamic playmaker. I just think even then over Robeson. Robeson is a good quarterback. He's like a more athletic Trace McSorley. But Michael Johnson's a bigger, he's a bigger quarterback. He's a more athletic, longer he just is the total package. So I think he's next after Clifford. And if you look at these quarterbacks, there should be no no hole in there. I think next year what people will see is John Dunmore and Daniel George. It's going to be time to see. I mean, you got guys like Cameron Sullivan Brown. You got Mac Hippenhammer. They all can play. Hippenhammer's a, a home run type of hitter. Like he really is. But I think Dunmore and, and, and um, Dunmore 
and George are the, the more complete receivers out of everybody. And T.J. Jones is another guy that can be dynamic out there. Like, you know, he's more dynamic than Sullivan Brown. But Sullivan Brown's a good receiver. He can catch the ball big time. Hippingham and Jones are some guys that can really, you know, bomb on you. And then Sullivan Brown's another good possession type receiver. It's just a good core lineup. This is the receivers next year. Other guys coming in, I don't I don't think nobody really gets it, but if somebody shows out in practice, like we all know that they can get time. If anybody can show out immediately, I think if you're looking at them, it's Parker Washington and Lambert both can show out. They both can show out. And Lambert with the size can really get some play, you know, because, you know, Parker, while they already have a smaller guy and, and K.J. Hamler, they don't want to have two unless this guy is just that dynamic, but he is good. So this is this is just real good to see. And then the simple fact that you got tight ends in there doing good. So it could be really something big to look at this team in that regard. It's still Theo Washington, still Theo Johnson, excuse me, still is another guy. Like, if they get him, I mean, they're just really building this team up. People, I think Penn State's smart. They see that six-year extension, like, oof, look at the, the guys coming in. They're like, man, he's just building and building and building. Because if you're looking at it now, tight end is getting deep. Now he, 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 if you don't understand, if you don't give Franklin the respect or bring an LBU back, because you do have Michael Parsons, the best linebacker, in the con- in the conferences, that's no debate to me. And you still got Jesse Luketa. You still got Ellis Brooks. You still got Brandon Smith. You still got Lance Dixon. These guys have not even touched the tip of their ceiling of what they can be. And Cam Brown had a good year. And Jan Johnson's a solid linebacker. Like, what they represent, they now have a good stable of backs. Whether it remains to be seen, if your opinion, it's an argumentative, it's, it's a good argumentative, uh, it's a good arguable statement that who has the best. I mean, a lot of them, they say Ohio State, got a lot of people going to the NFL, and if you want to say Bama or whatever. But it's all about who's good in college football and who's who's the best. And we can definitely talk about LBU and, you know, guys coming from there, but if you don't have a good stable of linebackers, you can't even be in the conversation. And now... Penn State has just done that. And Michael Parsons is going to be a first-round draft pick now. I mean, it was a, you know, you're trying to judge between it, but Michael Parsons just had it nowhere but up. He is a first-round pick. I mean, Gross Matos is a first-round draft pick. Penn State will have another one in Michael Parsons. And then Brandon Smith just looks like he's ready out of everybody there. Ellis Brooks is another one. Watch out for him to be an NFL linebacker. Jesse Luketa can definitely be that. But Brandon Smith... Randy Smith is ready to be an NFL linebacker. I think he's just definitely going to do something. With Brown gone, I think Smith starts. That's just what's going to happen. It's going to be Brandon Smith, Michael Parsons, and then in the middle is Ellis Brooks. Jan Johnson, got that. that's going to be the starting lineup. You're going to have Jesse Luketa and Lance Dixon. You know, we'll see what other linebackers they have. Like, I love the linebacker room and because it got some real interesting playmakers. Seriously.
And before I end this, because this was all started for the receiver segment, there's three guys that I really want to talk about that I really didn't get getting really equipped with. I really didn't get into too much with them. It's Malik Mega. Alright. It's Tyler Warren. And it's Norval Black. Now. Tyler Warren, 6'6". They said he's looked at as a tight end. He's an athlete. I mean, this guy could play. I mean, it's a heck of an athlete, man. Um, He can play. Bring him in there with the tight ends. You didn't get the tight end. Except for Theo Johnson still in play. He's still a guy that ain't before. But, man, Tyler Warren. Jesus. I mean, look what you get now. Because you know Pat Free's about to be out of here. He, next year, he's gone. He's ready to go. NFL scouts won him. He looks like a first-round draft pick, too. I say that because when you get a tight end, you get an athlete that can score on anybody. Jasicki fell short, so maybe tight ends, it just depends on. But Pat Free looks a little bit more athletic and fluent than Mike Jasicki. As good as Mike Jasicki was, Pat Free's a little bit more of a monster. I think he's better than Mike Jasicki to me. He's just a better route runner, a catcher. You know, Jasicki was 6'6", know how to use his size, but Free's more athletic. He's just a better receiver. Um, now, you look at this, and you look at Tyler Warren, him coming in at 6'6", and being able to come around Brent Strange. and uh, They just got 2021 commit <laughs> at, the receiving, at the receiving group. You know, getting the 2021 commit, Nick Elston's, is was and he's six six, so just talking about Tyler Warren comes in and does big things now. Malik Mega, that's out of all the receivers coming in from Keandre Lambert. It's just a this was another. You're looking at the receiving class that they got. You know, prior to this, they ain't got nothing on this one. This one got some. I mean, killers on this one. This is like. You know, before when they had Cameron Sullivan Brown and Matt Hippenhammer and, and, and Daniel George and them guys coming in with Hamler and all of them, I mean, this is the same type of class, except this this is a dynamic class. Norval Black, 6'2". He's, my, listen, Malik Mega to me, him and Norval Black, it's a, looking at this class, Michael Bowen is my favorite prospect, but the next two is between Novo Black and Malik Mega. I mean, these two guys can really do some damage. So, them coming in, listen, next year, coming in now, looking at this class, whoever is doing something need to do it now because this class coming in, that room is going to be crowded, crowded. And then if you look at it, Hamlet will be gone soon. Next year, that's his year too. Hamlet will be out of here. So, it'll be Jahan Dotson. I think it'll be the main guy for this team. I think he'll be a dynamic receiver for him. And you got some other guys coming in like Malik Mega, Norville, Black, Daniel Joe. Like it's gonna be really a room to see who gets to, you know, receptions. If if Cameron Sullivan Brown and Daniel George and Matt Kippenhammer wanna prove who they are, they need to do it now. So you can those guys will have to fall back. But if they don't start playing, guys like Mega and Dun Dun John Dunmore and T.J. Jones, they're coming. So they're going to have to, this is it. This is going to be a real competitive wide receiver room. And Malik Mega and Norval Black are two guys you're going to have to watch out for. I know you're talking about people talking about Parker Washington and 
Keandre Lambert. Yeah, we know them dudes is good. But Norval Black and Malik Mega is right next to him. Same thing I said about Journey Brown over Mal- Ricky Slade. Everybody talking about, oh, I can't see how three-star and a five-star. It wasn't everybody. It was just a couple of people when it come to me. You're crazy. How can you say a three-star is better than a five-star? Because it's talent. I mean, some guys are judged a certain way because they're in certain places. And, you know, 80, I think 80% of the time, or I say 75% of the time, the, the recruiting rankings get it right, and that's a majority of the decision. But it's a, it's a, 25 is a big chunk that people miss. And Johnny Brown was a five-star talent that didn't get judged as a five-star. So that's where I'm going with that. Malik Mega and Norville Black are two of those two guys that you're going to have to watch out for. And Brandon Taylor's another guy, but that's another, that's another time let's talk about the receivers. But I'm out of here, man. Follow leader, Penn State football segment, man. Um, Penn State's going in a great direction. So I'm out. Follow leader, man. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Leader Johnson. Out of here.